dark among the stars. The god is dead. I had a dream. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lug It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the long-anticipated Zack Snyder's Justice League. What is this, 2021 now? So um, it's been about four years since I think the original uh, Zack Snyder slash Josh Whedon uh, Justice League 2017 cut, I believe it was 2017. Uh, yeah, I believe, yeah, that's when it was released. Um, there was a lot of uh, post and production troubles that were happening throughout the production of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, a little bit of studio interference. Um, there was some family issues that were, uh, or, uh, there was things that were happening in Zack Snyder's personal life that were really uh um, impacting what was going on behind the scenes. Um, and so many people would say that Zack Snyder got, uh, didn't get a fair deal when distributing and releasing the original Justice League 2017 because of the influence of studio interference and a little bit of the uh, theatrical um, run times kind of running into uh, butting heads with Zack Snyder. I think there was a lot of things that were um, not going in his favor, especially at that time. Um, on a per- on a personal note, for what I believe the reason he stepped down for the um, the original Justice League was because of the uh, the suicide of his daughter. I believe her name is Autumn, who this movie is dedicated to at the end. Now, not going to talk about any any of the uh, personal stuff and I really don't want to talk about too much of Zack Snyder's previous filmography with the exception of you know the superhero stuff he's really done um, because I feel like he's trying to evolve as a filmmaker now everyone knows him for kind of having uh, dark drab over serious slow-mo pretty decent action but overall the scripts aren't always the strongest parts of his features. And so um, I got to say, does Justice League 2017 versus the Zack Snyder Justice League uh, 2021, does it justify its meaning, its being of uh, uh, being four hours long? Now, I believe this movie is, um, it's, Okay, so the original movie had, I think, a $200 million budget on it. And then on top of that, the um, on top of that, they added another $70 million on this movie to give more CGI budget and obviously for the editing and stuff like that. I think there was also some sound mixing. Um, there was a little bit different... Uh, things that were happening on screen. So it's not exactly like you're just, uh, you're extending the scenes of what's happening in the original movie. But what Justice League 2021 does is it allows the original movie to breathe in a way, and it removes all of 
the Josh Whedonisms. Apparently, there's, uh, from what I heard, there's no Josh Whedon footage in this now. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's true, but I'll you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, ultimately, the original Justice League, we have, a, we have a, a review on it. I can link it in the show notes if you'd like. Um, but the original Justice League, the biggest problem was it has this grand epic scale of a story and all of these characters that have to be fit into this uh, tiny movie of less than two hours. I believe Justice League, the original, was... Um, yeah, the original Justice League film was only 100, 120 minutes, and it was on a $300 million budget. Holy Santa Claus. So, um, yeah, it cost a buttload, and it was barely breaking even, I think, for uh, quite a while. Um, I, I think they have to make like three times their budget, so it's like 300, $300 million on the original was just not substantial. Um, it's, it, it was an expensive ass movie. They didn't get the movie. They didn't get the, uh, uh, they didn't get any of the funding back. Let's just say it was kind of a shit show for the original movie. And so having it come out on HBO Max, HBO Max was not even, uh, even on the radar at the time of 2017's Justice League. So having this service, having HBO Max, having the uh, the Justice League have an extended edition, and when it's extended edition, this is like super extended edition. Now, this allows for the original movie to breathe. It allows for the characters to flesh out, for us to understand all of the underwritten characters that are in the original 27 movie, 2017 movie. The original 2017 movie felt very much like it has the potential, but there was just the navigation in between it kind of felt a little bit jarring. And it's amazing what you can do with a re-edited uh, movie, especially in this case. Um, think about like Avengers or something like that, how long the the two movies, Infinity War and um, Endgame were. If you re-edited those to, let's just say, a six-episode movie length, I definitely see. I definitely could see it benefiting some of the uh, the runtime. But like I said, the reason this movie is is I don't want to say like ten times better than the original, but it improves on the original in just about every way possible I can think of. Um, it like I said, the problem with the first one was the quick cut action, which is not Zack Snyder's forte. If you look at his previous filmography, think of Watchmen, think of 300, all of those, I think Zack Snyder's movies are generally longer in um, in length. Let me see. Yeah, Batman v Superman, not exactly the most interesting-looking film from a cinematography standpoint, but I, I really enjoyed uh, Man of Steel, and I thought, you know, like I said, his storytelling technique requires more time and when you crunch him or you push him into a box where you can only have let's just say an hour and a half of you know what uh, of his movies or two hours it's crunching him in a way that is going to he's he's going to if you give Zack Snyder a two-hour runtime limit and he is trying to think of what to cut he's going to cut 
some of the just a little bit of the action scenes maybe not show too you know so many different angles um of the action but he's majorly going to remove really interesting dialogue and so with giving him this extra time with not saying hey you need to be done in three hours or two hours or a specific amount of time it allows him to have way more length with these characters and i feel like for the most part this movie really benefits from being the four-hour length honestly if i was if i was the editor i would probably tell him to bring it back down to probably about three hours and 30 minutes because there's several scenes in this movie this is this is where i'm going to kind of get into the criticism of the film the major criticisms i have with this are not that it's extended not that it's just longer for the longer sake but i do feel like i understand these characters much better on the plus side like understanding the backstories of cyborg understanding the backstories of ezra miller's character is a flash um but i the the biggest the biggest thing about this movie is that it allows you to kind of explore the world of justice league uh longer and make it feel more like a grand epic scale and and it's grand in scope and so there's nothing wrong with that absolutely at all especially with you know the the fighting scenes and stuff like that i i kept thinking about like the original movie, how this movie was making me think, hmm, for the first, uh, I think there's six parts in this movie. For the first two parts of this movie, I was going back on all of my uh, movie watching and thinking, you know, just filmography, movies I've watched. What would be the movies that would be the most beneficial from having an extended cut like this? Um, I think Avengers might be a good one where you can kind of get to uh, flesh out the characters a little bit more. Um, but this was a great example, and I think this is going to be beneficial for HBO Max. So kind of rounding all of that up in one uh, one little bit, I know this was kind of a, a long way of saying, yes, overall, this movie works. It's borderline pretentious when it comes to how long the um slow-mo is i will i'm not gonna say that it's uh it's the best thing um but i will say i extend i i enjoyed the extended uh dialogue scenes i enjoyed uh the the alternate takes i kind of felt like the establishing shots in Zack snyder's justice league are much better than um, the original Justice League, because if you think about when you're editing something, it's like, okay, so if we have an establishing shot of, like, the city, if we have an establishing shot of the building, this, that, and the other, kind of scaling it down as we go, I really felt like there was time to do that, and the more I think about it, that's kind of what I like about uh, uh, the cinematography and Christopher Nolan's films. I know he's an executive producer on this, I'm not sure if he had any input in this at all, but the things I like about his movies, uh, Nolan's movies, are that they do allow for more time in the world. You are, uh, you can see the architecture, you can see the buildings that they're in, you can, you understand the spatial awareness of where they are. And I felt like 
the first Justice League did not have that spatial awareness. We kind of cut to here, cut to here, cut to there, cut to here. Um, this has much more of uh, better establishing shots, in my opinion, to kind of ground the viewer in where we were. Um, yes, this is indulgent with the on-the-nose um, themes of um, the music and stuff like that, but overall, I really enjoyed the music, and I think sound design is a little bit more enhanced in this. Um, it does have a 4 by 3 ratio, and I gotta say, it didn't bother me too much, the fact that they had the 4 by 3 kind of felt a little bit more like a classic movie, but I didn't really understand the purpose in it, so it was kind of a uh, you know, two steps forward, one step back kind of thing when I was thinking about all the things that he's really pushed into the movie. Um, so overall, I would say that this is a much better rendition. I think I've said that several times, that this is a story that needs to be told over several hours, maybe several parts, even broken down into some more of like a, a, a television show in a way like that. But just kind of... Um, yeah, just breaking it down in a way that it, uh, I, I think that this story needed to be told in chunks, and what we got in the original Justice League were just like the crumbs and the bits, and we didn't really get to soak in how epic of a scale this uh, this movie really was, and I, I really do feel like, um, I like these characters a lot more. I, I, I don't really know how much to explain. Eight children. Zack Snyder has eight children. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, that is a lot of kids. But, um, yeah, overall, I got to say, I really enjoyed Zack Snyder's um, Justice League. It, it is the superior version, in my opinion. I don't, you know, there are going to be people that are going to say, you know, this scene feels like a music video. This scene feels like a... Uh, an, a deleted bonus scene, and yes, I absolutely agree. I think some of these scenes are excessive in the way that they're shot. They're they're luxurious. They they they're they're longer. They're strung out. Some of the scenes with them talking, I was like, all right, I wrap it up by like the fourth or fifth part. I was like, all right, this is getting a little bit long. And then so it's six. Is it six or seven parts? I think it might be seven. Is it six parts with a? a I think it's a six-part movie with an epilogue, so like seven almost. But yeah, something very intense like that, let me see. All right, so um, yeah, and overall, yeah, I, I definitely give it a thumbs up, seven out of ten. Before we go into any more spoilers... I just want to say thank you for watching, listening, Lucky Doll Podcast, supporting the podcast, whatever you can do. Check out all the other uh, social medias and stuff like that. We have um, get all this early on Patreon, SoundCloud, uh, live on Twitch, YouTube. We are on all of them. We um, generally separate the spoiler section and the spoiler-free section for the Patreon members only but we're kind of doing a little catch-up so i wanted to give a freebie out to everybody for the justice league snyder cut uh review so um i will be continuing if you want to listen to the spoiler uh part of the podcast i believe we will have it up in a day or so on um soundcloud or um, um twitch will be having it as well so um, also check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. So thank you for listening and watching Luckadoll Podcast. For anyone that is dropping out of the podcast right now to go watch the uh, to go watch uh, Justice League, uh, let me know what you thought about Justice League. Let me know how I can improve the podcast. And 
Lego. Alright, everybody, we are going to discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League's, what is it, uh, spoiler section. I, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about right now, so. <laughs> okay, so, um, we, we, we've already done a review of the original Justice League, so I don't really want to go through all of the uh, directed by, produced by, all that. That's basically all the same. I think, is Tom Holgenberg the same, um, musical guy that those are the main things i wanted to check i want to just check to see if this is the same yeah danny elfman did the music in the first one and i felt like the music in this was a lot better in my opinion with tom holkenberg um also known as junkie xl okay so um yeah let me see what i thought that i thought he was on oh he was on uh superman batman v superman so all right, let me see. Let me see on this episode. Holy sack, this is a long thing. Okay, so here is the runtime, 242 minutes, released on the 18th of March 2021 on a budget of $70 million. And from what I've heard, it is a, a rated R film, but I don't see confirmation on that. So take that with a grain of salt as well. Let me see if I can find it. Radar, radar, radar. I don't see rated R on Google, but I'm, that's what I've heard. Um, doesn't really feel like it should be rated R, in my opinion. Really, maybe, I don't know. So, um, let's hop into the spoiler section, the plot. This is what's going on. Thousands of years ago, Darkseed, Darkseed, Darkseid, Darkseid and his legion of parademons attempted to conquer Earth using the combined energies of the three mother boxes. They're like Thanos' uh, stones, you know. Um, the attempt was foiled by a unified alliance of the Olympian gods, Amazons, and Atlanteans, the humans, and a Green Lantern. After the Alliance repelled Darkseid's army, the Mother Boxes were separated and hidden in separate locations in the present. Sorry, in, 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 hidden in different locations. In the present, Superman's death has triggered the Mother Boxes' reactivation and the appearance of Steppenwolf, one of Darkseid's servants on Earth. Steppenwolf aims to regain favor with his master by gathering the boxes to form the unity. So at the very beginning, one thing I didn't feel that was felt in Justice League was how important the death of Superman really was. Sorry, I keep looking outside. Apparently there's like tornado storms. And oh, did y'all hear that? <laughs> Tornadoes are supposed to come in soon. I'm just like, oh, God. So anyways, um, yes. The Superman death did not feel like it was uh, a key factor in the original film like it does this. This one feels like it's just—his voice is, like, felt throughout the land, and it wakes up the mother boxes and kind of activates them. So Steppenwolf uh, uh, retrieves one of the mother boxes from the Miskria, the uh, uh, Wonder Woman's home— prompting Queen Hippolyta to warn her daughter Diana, Wonder Woman, 
She informs Bruce Wayne, who has been looking for the other metahumans, such as Arthur Curry, to form a team, but Arthur refuses to join him. Definitely this intro with uh, the Batman and uh, Aquaman again, it's kind of just like, it's okay. I think that each one of these characters have an interesting opening of, you know, hey, this is who they are and this is what they're good at and this is kind of what they're doing. Um, I felt like Batman is the one that's trying to recruit everybody and he kind of gets the least amount to kind of flesh out behind himself. I, I don't feel like I understand um, this Batman nearly as much as I'd like to. Even with this four-hour runtime, I would say that it still is just not enough of him kind of, uh, he's so brooding and we kind of get these, you know, back, stories a little bit of like what's going on with um you know his previous sidekicks robin and stuff like that and i don't feel like it's pushed enough that you know this is who this guy is so, and i i feel that a little bit for a lot of these characters is that i'm getting to see these characters but i'm not getting to understand uh full motivation of all these characters so that's a little bit of my uh, crit critique i would say versus the pros and the cons I'm, I, i've said earlier um, so anyways, um, I do like the longer extended scene between the characters talking a little bit more, but it's still a little bit generic. Bruce uh, eventually uh, gets Arthur, Arthur um, but uh, Bruce then goes to recruit Barry Allen while uh, Diana locates Victor Stone while initially, initially refusing. Um, so... Let me see. Uh, Victor later joins after his uh, father Silas and several other Star Lab employees are kidnapped by parademons. Um, seeking the mother box protected by humanity, Steppenwolf attacks an Atlantean outpost to retrieve the next mother box, forcing Arthur into action. The team arrive. Uh, sorry, the team receives intel from the Commissioner Gordon. Um, played by J.K. Simmons, and of course J.K. is great, but they they don't really make this guy a character like we have uh, Gary Oldman in the the Dark Knight series. He's he's just kind of more or less like a cameo. Um, even at four hours, like I'll keep saying, even at four hours, they can't get everything in there that they need to. So leading them to Steppenwolf's army in an abandoned facility under Goth Gotham's harbor, um, James Gordon leads them there. Um, although the group rescues the kidnapped employees, the facility is flooded during combat, which traps the team until Arthur uh, Aquaman helps delay the flood so they can escape. And so, like I said, I've liked all of the action in this. I think all of the action, even in the introductions of The Flash, the introduction, even though it's a little bit of uh, what I've heard is like music video-ish, I don't disagree with that, but I think it's it's still flashy and fun in a way that is different and unique when the flash is saving this young woman he keeps like staring at her and they're kind of making eye to eye it's all of a sudden she's about to get hit by or she does get hit by this giant uh tractor trailer looking thing and of course the flash is 
just focused on trying to do this job, but also he has to go save this girl. And so he's doing all of this, and there's a hot dog stand that's gone flying. So everything's basically stopped in time, and he's running around to go save this uh, girl. He's been kind of eyeballing in the corner of his eye while he's trying to get this job at the same time. And I thought the visuals were perfect. or uh, Not perfect, but I thought they were um, they were right on, spot on. I thought it showed that this was a likable guy that, you know, he likes uh, – uh, women and he's trying to get a job. I thought it showed a lot of, um, a lot more personality in this character than they were ever showing in the first one. The first one they were kind of showing, yeah, I'm a fast guy and I kind of do this and I like to do that. And it didn't really feel like he was telling us what he was doing versus showing us. And I feel like that's uh, a big problem for Justice League on both sides, both the 2017 and 2021 versions. There's a lot of times people are just talking and telling us information as opposed to us like experiencing it, seeing it as, you know, um, even through the flashbacks with uh, the beginning of what Wonder Woman was talking about with the Dark Sides big intro and all of these uh, Olympians and uh, Atlanteans and all of them coming together. It still feels like we're just being told and dropped this exposition right on our head. And it's a lot of exposition in a lot of this place because you have to explain the stories of who they are, but it's just, um, it can be excessive. So, um, although the group is uh, uh, kidnapped, uh, although the group rescues the kidnapped employees, the facility is flooded during combat, which traps the team until author um, helps delay the flood so they can escape. Victor retrieves the last mother box, um, which he has hidden for the group to analyze. He reveals that Silas used the mother box to rebuild his son's body after a car accident. We get so much more cyborg in this movie. It's uh, a breath of fresh air, to be honest. And I know that there's a lot of um, uh, behind-the-scenes things going on with Ray Fisher as uh, the guy that played cyborg. He did not like whatever Josh Whedon was bringing. Um, I don't recall him ever saying anything about uh, Zack Snyder, but he had so many things to say about Josh Whedon, and a lot of the people are saying some things about Josh Whedon that are kind of coming out saying, eh, he's not that great of a guy, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's all alleged. It's all speculation. It's just what I've heard through the grapevine. And so um, it is interesting how, uh, you know, people love to put somebody down, but even more than put somebody down is to bring them back up, the underdog. Everybody loves a good underdog story. Um, so... We, um, yeah, we get a big flashback. The way that this movie is uh, is set is it has, I want to say it's six parts plus the epilogue, which would be the seven, but um, I do feel like it's nice how it's set up because we get a nice setup into the intro of the world. This is the problem. These are the people that we need to unify. And then this is how they come together. And this is how it resolves kind of thing. You know, it just continues on and on. Um, and that's how the movie should feel. But the original movie didn't have enough time to kind of flow into the next scene naturally. So it felt like we were kind of jumping around abruptly. So um, let's talk about, uh, let's see. So he, re Victor re uh, retrieves the last mother box where he has hidden for the group to analyze. He reveals that Silas used the mother box to rebuild his son's body after a car accident, where 
Victor's mother was killed. The group decides to use the mother to resurrect Superman to help them fight off Steppenwolf's uh, invasion. Superman's body is exhumed by Cyborg and placed in an, an amniotic, amniotic fluid to, of the Genesis chamber in the Kryptonian scout ship Captain Star Labs, along with, along with the mother box, which Barry activates, successfully resurrecting Superman. Once again, there's about like five or six different times where the Flash is just running around and we're seeing him in the slow-mo Flash mode or whatever it's called. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought that one or two times were pretty good. I think the third or fourth time it became a little bit excessive. Um, But still, I do like how when they're fighting, everyone generally has something to do and you can kind of see what the, the benefits are for them. Um, uh, when when fighting with each other, um, how they kind of play off each other. So uh, let's see, let's see what we got. Let's see what we got. I'm going to kill this light over here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So um, let me see. I, don't know, I think we're gonna be fighting some rain coming up here soon. So let me see if I can kind of hurry up a little bit for everybody. Um. So let me see. So so successfully resurrecting Superman. However, Superman's memories have not returned, and he attacks the group after Victor accidentally launches an attack at him. Now, this is a little bit convenient. I kind of wish that Superman would kind of uh, just attack him on, on end because he's just like doesn't know what's kind of going on. You know, like, Clark, calm down, calm down. But Cyborg's like auto defense system or something just automatically and randomly and the only time in the four hours uh, just randomly goes off and starts shooting at Superman like it doesn't happen any other time so it kind of feels a little bit like plot convenience and a little bit just convenient overall it's like I don't know if that would really happen um, if it's not like set up like I don't feel like there was ever a time that's really set up although that it's like okay so um, let me see also out of all of the superhero characters, he seems to be the one that you would want to be like the least. I mean, he's suffered the most probably with losing all of his parents and stuff like that and, and the ways that he has um, and losing his body in that way. It's just like he, he seems like a character that they could really uh, nail down. I mean, Cyborg is a perfect character to do the $6 million man kind of spin off in a way, just like in a way to like – you could flesh out the character of Cyborg very easily, in my opinion. Um, let me see what else that we have for this. Um, so Superman's memories have not have not returned. He attacks. Uh, he attacks the group after Victor accidentally launches an attack at him. Lois Lane arrives in and super. Oh, okay, so as soon as Lo- Lois Lane arrives, we see Superman is just kind of like losing his shit. It's basically the same scene from the original one, which was one of the best scenes of all of the Justice League kind of like um, coming together, and they're all in town, and they look like that. They're like trying to tell Clark to you know relax and. Um, when they're literally all trying to restrain the guy, we have like Cyborg holding his chest. We have uh, uh, Aquaman like lunging at him. We have uh, Wonder Woman hitting her with a, and then we have all of these different uh, 
superheroes kind of coming in to like try to take this guy down and then we have the flash going super fast and he hits them with the side eye and yeah it's just like it's amazing it's just like the original version um it seems that that was probably pre-cut or something like that maybe even written out way early before but um just with the music and it just kind of feeling like epic and grand in scale just it just feels amazing the uh uh, the combination and I wish the uh, the the original movie and I wish this four-hour movie always hit the highs of this scene anyways Lois Lane arrives and calms Superman down leaving uh with Lane leaving with Lane to his family home in Smallville where he regains his memories and reunites with his mother Martha why did you say that name? <laughs> Steppenwolf's attacks Star Labs to um, retrieve the last mother box, and Silas is killed. Without Superman to aid them, the five heroes travel where Steppenwolf aims to reunite the mother boxes. Um, yeah, I, Silas has a much bigger part in this four-hour cut uh, alongside the people at Star Labs. They're really trying to make Star Labs like the shield or the sword or whoever the hell Marvel has. So they're like the corporation that um, looks over the, um, what's it called, the alien stuff. So, um, and, and is looking at the alien stuff that lands on, lands on um, Earth. So, um, what else do we have here? Um, sorry, I kind of lost my spot. Uh, Regains memories. Seven more stars. Okay, so. Where Steppenwolf? Okay, Steppenwolf gets the box. The team fights their way through the parademons to reach Step Steppenwolf, but cannot distract him enough for Victor to separate the boxes. Okay, so um, wait, did I? Okay, they kind of skipped a little bit, but you know they have some powwows. They try to talk about how they're going to fix things, how they're going to um, um, how they're going to get the mother boxes and what the the best plan is, and how Cyborg's going to big up be a pretty big player in this and I think he was a big player in the original but not like to this extent where we saw how much of his father was in, involved in the Star Labs type stuff um, and from what I heard Zack Snyder only shot one additional scene for this movie um, we'll talk about it so um, continuing on the team fights their way through the parademons to reach Steppenwolf, but cannot distract him enough for Victor to separate the boxes. Superman arrives and overpowers Steppenwolf almost immediately, but the boxes cause an explosion. Barry goes back in time. So I kind of didn't even understand this. So there is a massive explosion where everybody apparently dies, but Barry is going back in time. Of course, he's doing the super, super, uh, super fast. You got to break the sound barrier, break the speed of light, whatever he's not supposed to do, um, which I don't think is established at all, um, unless you're like a, a full, if you know the DC comics a lot better. Like this is this is just a review from the movie side. Um, yeah, I, I, I vaguely remember that he's not supposed to um, break the sonic barrier or whatever, the light wall. Um, so anyways, he... This is a really cool scene, and, and I'm, I'm saying this a lot, it's a really cool scene, because they are visually very rich and fun and well-edited scenes. Um, not all the scenes need to be there, so there might be like when Wonder Woman at the beginning is throwing a case up in the air with an explosion or uh, that has a, a bomb in it, and it's going in the air, and it's like twirling. Um, we don't need like 
four different cuts from it to see that happen. We, you know, one swift one's probably good. So it did feel like a couple times that they just used some of the uh, the B roll. They would show the the clips twice, uh, almost unnecessarily. Like when the team would have a lineup on an edge, they would almost show that team lining up twice from two different angles. So that was some unnecessary stuff with the four-hour cut. This was, again, I was watching this at like 1230 or something, and it was getting late, and I was like, oh, my God. This is like it's it's, it's excessive and, and borderline pretentious. It's like it felt like the swan song of Zack Snyder in the DC universe. And uh, if this was his last one, I wouldn't be uh, – 100% upset or I wouldn't be 100% mad or sad or anything. I'd say this is a good one to go out on. I don't I don't think he's always had the best produced comic adaptations, but I think they've been entertaining for the least. Um to say the least. So um so Barry goes back in time allowing Superman and Victor to separate the boxes. Arthur stabs Steppenwolf and Diana decapitates him, kind of giving everybody something to do. Um, throwing his body through a portal to Darkseid's planet. I will say Darkseid, um, it kind of feels like they just used the Steppenwolf rendering and almost used Darkseid's like, skin or face over it um, and just put like a different rendering in the CGI, in the computer. So I didn't really feel like Darkseid felt like a full presence. He kind of looms over kind of like a, like an Emperor Palpatine or something like that back in Star Wars. If, very Star Warsian in a way, you know, having the evil guy talking in a hood saying, you need to go do your th- go do this, go do that for me, go do my bidding, you know. Um, so what else do we have? Okay, so Diana decapitates him, throwing his body through a portal to Darkseid's planet, uh, Apocalypse. Um, Darkseid, the, the planet is called Apocalypse, I think. Uh, Darkseid assures his servant, Desad, he will return to Earth to complete the anti-life equation. And that's some, something that he's seeking from all the worlds that he's trying to get. And I will say that Darkseid and uh, I, I'd say more or less Steppenwolf is much more of a fleshed-out character because you kind of see a little bit more of that He's kind of more or less the Darth Vader to the Palpatine kind of um, uh, branch of chain of command. He's more or less in the middle of the totem pole, and he's not really as big of a badass as you would think. It, you know, there's there's more bigger, bad, badder guys out there. Badder guys, I don't know. <laughs> Worse guys out there um, in the same way that uh, Thanos was. And so, yeah, I uh, all I got to say is... Um, They've done a decent job setting him up, I think almost a little bit better than what Thanos was set up like. But if they continue and kind of give us like a backstory in another Justice League movie or in a different movie, totally cool. Totally fine with that. Um, after the battle, Bruce, Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, we didn't we didn't talk about uh, Jeremy Irons at all. I actually think that Jeremy Irons was served better in the original movie than he was in this. I don't really know why, but I feel like... The chemistry between Batman and uh, Alfred, it felt a little bit off. It just felt like, it didn't feel like the fun, clean banter almost like, uh, like, Michael Caine always kind of felt like an older, 
really older brother or an older, you know, or father to Christian Bale's Batman. And so I never felt like Jeremy Irons and, you know, Bruce Wayne were, sorry, Jeremy Irons and Ben Affleck had the same banter. I think they're both great actors, and I think they both play the characters well, but the interaction between the two didn't feel organic to me. Um, so after the battle, Bruce, Diana, and Alfred all agreed to set up a base of operations for the team with room for more members. As the team establishes, Diana continues being a heroine. Um, Barry acqu- acquires a job at uh, the Central City's police department, which impresses his father, Henry. Um, Victor is inspired by a message by from his father to use his abilities for good. Arthur continues protecting people on the seas. Superman resumes his life as reporter Clark Kent and as protector of Earth. And Bruce gets the Kent's house back from the bank, buys the bank. Um, so... With saying all that, yeah, the, everyone's back to where they were doing, what they were doing. A lot of father imagery in this. A lot of, uh, I completely based out on the man versus, uh, Superman versus Batman and how much like father imagery is in that versus Man of Steel, you know, both of the fathers in that movie, uh, Russell Crowe and, um, I don't recall, uh, fuck. Kevin Costner. Yes. <laughs> so anyways, they they both are there's a, always a big sense of uh parental father figure role modelness, I guess. I don't know. There's always this like through line of like family at the end. Um not not that it's always like the thematic importance, but this one especially had it and was hitting it over the head. I was like, my goodness, this is all about daddies. Um Lex Luthor, who escaped from Arkham Asylum, is visited by Slade Wilson. Um, And I believe Slade Wilson is Deathstroke. Um, To whom, uh, and it's played by Joe Maggiano, I think. To whom Luthor reveals Batman's secret identity. Bruce has a has a dream set in a post-apocalyptic world where he, Victor, Barry, Mira, Wilson, and the Joker are found by an evil Superman. Bruce is awakened by Martian Manhunter who thanks him for assembling the team and says that they'll be in contact in preparation for Darkseid's next plans. Um... So basically, Martian Manhunter has been turned into what I would say is the Nick Fury of the DCEU uh, universe or whatever the universe is called. So, yeah, we um, I think we got it. And I will say this little last scene of this post-apocalyptic world where all this is happening, I don't think it, it – it's strictly there for uh, the trailer in my opinion. There's this whole scene of – in the trailer of we live in a society kind of thing of the Joker saying all this shit. And it's just like, yeah, that's not in there. None of that is in there. And as a matter of fact, what's in there I think is kind of unnecessary. And if it wasn't a four hour movie, they would have cut it. Um, it's this, this scene kind of almost describes the whole movie of, uh, you know, does it improve it? Yeah, it kind of improves it, but does it necessary? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, but I will say, it's just the dialogue just doesn't really have 
any substance to it. And then uh, along with a weird uh, Joker kind of act talking about multi dimensions or multiverses and stuff like that. It's like, that's not interesting at all. Um, you know, kind of, kind of solidify some good writing on that and really nail down about what they should be saying. So that's, that's basically all I, I got to say. Um, but yeah, I uh, thank you for listening, watching, look at all podcasts. Let me know what you can do to support the podcast. Be sure to, uh, five stars on iTunes, check us out live on Twitch. Um, we post, uh, generally the spoiler free sections on YouTube and SoundCloud mastered. However, we're going to throw the entire podcast up because we've been kind of slacking a little bit. And so I want to just thank y'all for, um, listening and watching the look at all podcast along with me, um, uh, watching the shows along with me. So yeah, let me know how I can improve. Let me know what you thought about justice league, the Snyder cut. Um, this is another one for the books. All right, everyone. Thank you. He said the age of heroes will never come again. It will. It has to. We live in a society where honor is a distant memory. Isn't that right? Batman.